welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Alison and Inika. Join us for information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and more. Brought to you by Auckland Council Libraries. Nga pa taka korero o tamaki makoro. No mai, haere mai, kia ora, and welcome to our special romance episode of Books and Beyond. This is your co-host Alison, and Inika and I are joined in the studio by a very special guest, librarian Dihan Mugado from the Epsom Library. Kia ora, Dihan. Hello, kia ora, kia ora, Alison, kia ora, Inika. Well, as I mentioned, I'm from Epsom Library, um, looking after children and youth services. Mm. And if you're in Epsom Library, feel free to say hello. Um, like I said, um, I'm an avid romance reader, but I'm not really an expert. Like the, I realize that the more I read these books, the more I don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. So like the more authors or the more books that I don't even know. And it will also come from different platforms, like some of them are like published books, and some of them are fan fictions. Mm. So with the surge of romance on social media, it has really brought me back, like my love for reading, and especially exploring contemporary romance books. Yes, and that's why we brought you in the studio today, um, Diane. Yeah. Now, Diane is a prolific reader of romance, certainly in comparison to Alison and I, who yeah. are playing catch-up. Um, and she's also really active on Instagram. So if you are in need of some romance pics, you should definitely check out her Instagram account. It is at D's Picks. That's with six E's. Six E's. D's Picks. And we'll make sure we add D's Instagram handle into our show notes for you so you can check out her account and get loads more recommendations. Yep. So today, on today's podcast, which is going to be the first of two podcasts focusing on romance, we're going to be talking about all things romance, um, we're going to be talking about soulmates, and we're going to talk about a bit of esteem, and we're going to talk about the diversity in romances, which, you know, they really have changed um, over the years. Definitely. Yeah. So look, let's look at um, what actually defines a romance. Mm. And um, in general, and on our library shelves, it's not always cut and dried, but there's some some key points that you need to know. So um, firstly, and perhaps most importantly, if there's no happily ever after, it's not a romance. (laughs) (laughs) But um, happily for now is okay. Well, I guess it's kind of just scrapes in, doesn't it? (laughs) And um, now what we have noticed is that um, some authors only write romance titles, Mm. but others jump around genres quite a bit. So that's something to be aware of. Mm. And um, romance is um, the only arm of publishing which is completely dominated by women, from Mm. publishers down to writers and Mm. out to readers. And... um, Let's ask, who's reading the romances? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So um, recent stats from the, the US show that um, 82% of romance readers are women. So, But that does mean that 18% are not women. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Usually men. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. I'm surprised. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's quite a bit, actually. So although they're in the minority, it... Um, means that there's more men reading romance than you might expect. 
And one thing that I've learned just recently is that most romance readers usually finish a novel within seven days. Yeah. yeah, if not shorter, eh, Alison? Shorter. That's right. Mm. If it's yeah. A, yeah, if it's engaging that you can like finish it in two days. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is why romance readers are, are often uh, library's most frequent borrowers mm. and the fastest readers. Uh, romances are usually borrowed in bulk and they're read fast and furious. <laughs> uh, they're given a real pounding. Um, <laughs> but there's always plenty more on our shelves to keep our readers satisfied. I don't think we'll ever run out. (laughs) No, thank goodness for that. Um, Looking at the view from New Zealand, there was a recent New Zealand Lister article called Happy Ever After, of course, and that was published in January 23, uh, 2023, just uh, last month. Um, And it stated that the official New Zealand sales figures show that romance and sagas category now represents 15% of all adult fiction sales, and that's up from 9% um, five years ago. So just like in the States, there is a, a really big growth in romance, um, in romance popularity. In libraries, um, you may or may not know that crime is still yes, leading the pack course, when it comes to course, genre reading. Um, yeah. But um, certainly at Auckland libraries, romance writers such as Nora Roberts, Colleen mm. Hoover and Nicholas Sparks have been in Auckland Library's top 100 most borrowed books of 2022. And interestingly, romance is nearly a quarter of the top 100 most popular ebook titles. Mm. So, romance big on the ebooks, and I can sort of yeah. see why too. I would not be surprised. Yeah, romance yeah. on tap, romance yes. without having to show someone you're reading romance. It all makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And there was a recent um, uh, National Public Radio article which was showing that um, that Gen Z is driving sales of romance books to the top of the bestseller lists. So this is a really interesting fact, is that romance readers are getting younger. So 10 years ago, the main romance reading group was women aged 35 to 54. So mm. kind of like getting on for the, that middle, middle um, category. Um, but today, the main romance reading group is of women starts at eighteen, so eighteen to fifty-four. We've got oh, wow. lots of younger readers yes. getting into romance, and I think, or well, we've talked about this before, it could be that we're actually seeing the effects of the pandemic on the younger generation of readers, because, as we know, romance provides escapism from a sometimes dark and scary worlds, and mm. you know, perhaps mm. it's like a, a proxy to dating relationships or or anything steamy if you can't get it then reading about it can be the next best Mm -hmm. thing Um, and especially with all the lockdowns it's it's good to know that you can still experience romance um, experience those feelings um, but do it with a book yeah absolutely One thing that's really been bringing younger readers to romance is um, what you might have noticed on our library shelves is loads of gorgeous illustrated couples on covers. And they are all over our displays because we love the way they look on our stands. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is a trend in cover design that was first noted around about five years ago. And it's actually been a really carefully planned marketing refresh for romance um, that's helped to drive loads of readers, particularly younger readers, to this genre who might not have considered it previously. Um, 
there's a really interesting point in an article from um, Refinery, which was titled, How These Instagrammable Book Covers Are Tricking People Into Reading Romance. I don't know if we're tricking, tricking people. <laughs> like consciously just like taking these books. That's right. They wondered um, if these books would be as inviting to non-romance readers if they were sold in a chunky mass market format, similar to what we've had in the past, with images of a burly man clutching a woman, you know, <laughs> the old shirt off the shoulder. Yes, and the, the Fabio covers. The Fabio oh, covers. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, it's interesting to see how these cover designs, um, you know, might be making for those, you know, perhaps cutting out an element of embarrassment or a, a, the notion that you're reading something that maybe your grandmother would be reading. Yes. Um, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, that's probably like one of the reasons like I can't stop reading the romance because I see them like kind of like lolly books or something. Yes. They're so colorful and they're so bright. And it might sound like superficial or shallow, but it can be like my de determining factor on what yeah. to read next. So yes. It's just kind of like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, which is like the most colorful one here. <laughs> because I know it's guaranteed I'm going to have fun reading it anyway. Mm. So sometimes like, oh yeah, I'm just going to pick that one. And one of the great examples would be like Kate Spencer's New York Minute. Oh yes. And then Emily Henry's books. Mm. They're really nicely, um, the covers are great. They're really inviting, aren't yes, they? Yes, they the are. It's kind of like, ones. read me. Read yeah. Me, kind mm. of like feel to it. And also like Christina Lawrence, like standalone books. And also, um, it's worth also mentioning, like, Allie Hazelwood's, um, she's a writer of um, Love Hypotheses. Oh, yes. So she usually writes women um, with a science or, like, academic academia background, mm. and all her book covers are gorgeous and amazing. Mm. Wow, I'm yeah. going to check those out. <laughs> yeah. Very catchy. I think you would like that. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, Dee, tell us um, about your first picks oh for today. Gosh. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I got lots of picks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My goodness. So, like, one of the reasons why I'm loving romance these days is just a diversity of stories. Mm. So, it's just, it still has those tropes from the Mills of Boone and stuff, but um, it's kind of just, like, upgraded. So, mm -hmm. here are some of them that I picked. It's just, it was actually hard to pick. Um, which ones? But um, <laughs> first one would be like Two Wrongs Make a Right by is it Chloe Lee's. So it's basically a story of an um, artist, B, and James, um, a pediatrician. So, so like B is like a neurodivergent, mm. a talented erotic illustration artist who swore off any relationships because of her traumatic experience. Mm. While West is an awesome um, pediatrician who also like suffers from extreme anxiety. Mm. So like like after a series of meat disasters, not meat cute, meat <laughs> right, disasters. Meat disasters yeah. They're really convinced that like, oh no, we're not really meant our paths to cross, but well, the story said otherwise. So it's kind of <laughs> like a modern twist of like, What's this much ado oh, about? Yes, about nothing. Nothing. You know like stories and they kind of like have some modern twist to it Love so it. yeah so that's the first one. Second one is by Helen Huang so it's called Kiss Quotient and this is probably the reason why I started my um, my bookstagram account. Oh, I don't know there's just something in it that I like so it's the story of Stella and Michael 
So if you've seen the old movie Pretty Woman <laughs> with Julia Roberts, yeah. it's kind of like oh, a reverse, yes. <laughs> reverse Pretty Woman. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so Stella is a brilliant mathematical genius with ASD, mm. and she hired a male escort, Michael, and with some expectation that she will be experiencing some, like learning some matters of physical intimacy uh-huh. but then Michael is sort of like this escort that it's like like it's a one-off client he doesn't do repeats uh-huh. so but there's just something between them that they realize that their relationship might be for keeps mm. so like I'm gonna be very biased with this pick because like it's one of my favorite I just feel like it just have a good balance of like steaminess to it mm with a story and the romance and also like the swoony dialogues mm. with it mm. so it just worked for me and it's one thing that i love about it too is like the author has some um, asd as well so mm. it's kind of like have that sort of like credibility to the yeah. story mm. so it sounds as though she'd be really authentic yes right so up. it's like very nicely detailed so like you can really feel it when you're reading it so like mm. I said, I'm very biased. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. And speaking of diversity as well, you cannot like miss like Talia Hibbert's um, Brown Sisters oh, series. Yes. So the Brown series have like three books in it, like Get a Life, Chloe Brown, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and Act Your Age, Eve Brown. So when I talk about diversity, this is not just about the ethnicity. Mm. So I'm like talking about like, like in, in this series, they have like, it's LGBT themed, um, I mean, sorry, LGBTQIA theme, mm. um, and, and also like characters that are not really perfect. They kind of have like their own issues, like, mm. like sort of like maybe anxiety, coping with mental health challenges, or just health conditions in general. Mm. So it's kind of like a bit of an eye opener when I read these books, like, huh, this is so different from years back. Mm. So I just like, this is so interesting, like that they're very relatable. Mm. So, you know. Super relatable, yeah. So Natalia Hibbert's a UK author, um, and I hadn't read her books before, but I just recently read um, the third book in the series, so I wasn't able to nab the first one Mm. at the right time, but I loved the third book, which was called Act Your Age, Eve Brown. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about that one, Alison. So Eve is the lovable but chaotic youngest brown sister. And she's put in the position where she needs to prove to her high achieving family that she can keep a job for longer than just a couple of months. Um, and this is mainly because they're going to kick her out of the family home if she doesn't manage to. And they're going to cut off her visa <laughs> if she can't manage to hold it down and get it together. So she goes on this sort of like angry drive <laughs> yeah. and when her car breaks down at a bed and breakfast in the countryside, she sees a sign outside which says they're desperately looking for a chef to take over the yeah. kitchen. And um, in very Eve Brown way, she decides impromptu to interview for this role of the chef. So she interviews with the uptight but gorgeous owner Jacob mm-hmm. and um, he's, he's not impressed by her. He sends her on her way. He decides that she's just too posh. She talks yep. too much, and she's what he describes as hideously pretty. Oh, gosh. Um, she has long purple braids and distractingly plump curves. Um, when Eve manages to run him over with her car following the oh, interview, gosh. he oh, yeah. um, breaks his arm, <laughs> and that means he's completely out of action, and she owes him one, especially since they've got this big festival coming up in their village, which they promised to have a stall at. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I absolutely love this book. It was just so engaging and hilarious and yeah. just gorgeous characters. And both of the characters have their own issues going on. And I'm yes. not going to spoil um, spoil no. it, but um, yeah, which is difficult to do when you're doing a review. But um, I can tell you that it had loads of British humour, heaps of horny action. Yes, and if it's that. any indicator <laughs> for the series as a whole, this would be a great entry into romance for readers who are looking for some diverse characters, some mm. interesting issues. Yes. And lots of fun along the way. So I'm definitely going to go back and hunt out, get a life Chloe Brown and yeah. take a hint Danny uh, Brown too. Actually, like number what would be probably my favorite oh, yeah? in all the, mm. the, the three books. Just because it's just relatable for my end. But yeah, but it can, but yeah, this is like um, um, surely like a must read. Yeah, the series this series, for, right? Yeah, for diversity. And speaking of that as well, so... We, we can't miss as well um, wow, what we call Latinx um, authors. Mm. So these are like um, authors like Mia Sosa, like writer for Wedding Crasher and The Worst Best Man, or Priscilla Oliveira, who wrote like West Side Love Story. It's not the musical, <laughs> by the way. Um, and then there's um, Alana Albertson, who wrote um, Ramon and Julieta. Mm-hmm. And there's this book by Alexis Daria, um, You Had Me at Ola, and A Lot Like Adios. So I've read like both books, but mm-hmm. I have a pick here for You Had Me at Ola. So basically, it's just kind of like a, a book, like you're reading a soap opera or like a mm-hmm. telenovela in a book. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so the character is Jasmine Lin and Ashton Suarez. So Jasmine is a promising actress, and then and she had this tabloid-worthy breakups. So it's very sensationalized, <laughs> and then having this new project with this um, fellow actor Ashton, she was hoping that this break would give her like, like well people would take her seri- seriously, mm. and that would like catapult her to be someone more I guess. Like people will like see her not just a soap opera star. Oh, I see. So like while this other character Ashton Suarez, he's like a telenovela superstar, heartthrob, <laughs> and then he was also hoping that this project project would make him like popular in Hollywood mm. and people will take him seriously. Mm-hmm. But the only condition is they have to keep it professional because they don't want any scandals and whatsoever. But then in the story, it's like the off screen is like way hotter than the on-screen chemistry <laughs> so it's kind of like the predicament of the story is how are they going to keep it professional when the, when the romance is way better than the on-screen romance. Uh, when so the like, cameras like, switch off like, yes, yes. the cameras switch off like, so that's like when i was reading it i was like, hmm, just like watching like a soap opera or some sort but <laughs> it's a good fun read like it, you don't have to think too much it's just something you kind of just like breeze through it so yeah it's, it's it's fun and i think that one is available on our shelves and it's also an overdrive as an ebook and e-audiobook and lots of the books we're going to talk about today are available in multiple I formats see. oh and also before i forget as well so all of the books that i've picked are we call open door romance so um so these authors are not really shying away from the Hot, 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 steam, steam, steam. So, <laughs> and neither are we. We will talk a little bit more about what closed and open doors mean and also the steamy stuff um, <laughs> in part two of our special romance podcasts. Yes. 
But let's just move on to LGBTQI mm. plus romance. Now, a recent New York Times article uh, said that LGBTQI plus romance book sales have jumped hugely in the mm. US mm. recently mm. Um, with a 740% increase mm. wow. in sales over the last five years mm. and more than double the number sold in 2021 as was sold in 2020. So it's just massive, mm. isn't it? So, but... Um, sadly, as sales and, and visibility of all the of um, LGBTQI plus fiction titles for various ages has risen, the number of challenges against having them in US public and school library collections has also increased year on year, oh, spiking to an all time high in mm. 2022. So one of those things that is is curious mm. and unfortunate I would have to say I think it shows definitely the demand though that this is an area that has to grow Um, there's so much demand and there are readers absolutely there's readers and I know certainly in the um in the teens as well there's actually heaps more LGBTQI romance than there is currently in the adult collection Mm. so as those readers get older I'm sure we're going to see even more published so, yeah, they're certainly here to stay, which yes. um, you know, we're, we're really pleased about. Mm. Good. Now, um, someone who's uh, an author who's really big on book talk is mm. uh, Casey McQuiston. Yes. Now, um, one of uh, Casey's popular ones is called Red, White and Royal Blue. And mm. in this book, uh, this was a very good one, we see an altercation between the bisexual, biracial first son of the US president and a British... British prince, I wonder which one, has diplomatically managed with a fake friendship between the two that turns into something more. If I'm not mistaken, I think because this book is very popular, I think mm. that they're going to turn it, it's in the development for a movie. So That's what I've heard too, and yeah. I think it's, it would be perf- it's just made for a movie, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see Prince Henry. Man, I need to get a hold of it. It's just always out in the library. Yeah, it's just so popular. So popular. So popular. <laughs> um, last year I read Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop, which okay. I can also highly recommend. It's a lesbian love story that takes place in the New York underground. Um, the love story happens between the stations <laughs> oh, and also wow. between slips and time. So this oh, has got a time travel aspect that I absolutely loved. You can find this one on Overdrive. I think we have quite a few copies. Mm. Um, So, yeah, jump on and check out Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop. Um, Now, if you are a Bridgerton fan, you might like to try the queerer side of Bridgerton. And these next three um, that I'm going to be recommending are all by queer authors. So you could give a try. Um, You could try books by um, the following authors. Um, check out Cat Sebastian. Now, Cat Sebastian has loads of books, um, but I think you should start with the queer principles of Kit Webb. Um, Kit is a disabled former highwayman turned coffee shop owner. 
And the love interest is Percy, who is a wig-wearing aristocrat with a love of lavender silk. Wow. <laughs> Your list sounds great oh, already. Right? No, it's already great. <laughs> yes, aging of got me. I know, okay, yeah. just, I've only just started this book, mm. and I'm already loving it. Um, described by one reviewer as one part achingly tender love story and one part radical leftist historical commentary. Oh, wow. Um, this book is really big on the yearning and the sexual tension, and there's definitely a promised payoff. There's some very hot scenes to it's come. Like slow burns. The slow burn. Yes. We love a slow burn. Now, Alexis Hall, who also has a couple of books that are really big on um, in uh, with the libraries at the moment and on BookTok. Um, those are boyfriend material and the follow-up husband material. But Alexis Hall um, has a number of books which um, focus on queer characters mm. and historical queer um, romances. So I'm just going to mention um, A Lady for a Duke, which has um, is quite rare in that it stars a trans main character. So one of our favourite places to get romance reviews um, is a website called Smart oh. Bitches Trashy Books. Um, so write that one down for yourself. That's smart oh, bitches, trashy books. I actually like check their like website. So good, so fun. Such a fun website. Mm-hmm. They have um, described this book as a friends to lovers story, starring a trans heroine. It's a queer fairy tale filled with big feelings, and it's a book about two people who learn to stop caring about the expectations of others. So in this book, um, stars a former soldier who is presumed dead at Waterloo. Now, this gives um, the soldier the opportunity to finally live at last as herself and change her name to Viola. Mm. In the process, Viola loses her wealth, her title, and her closest friend, the Duke of Gracewood. But years Mm. later, they meet up again, and the fresh desires give new names to old feelings. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So, Sebastian (laughs) has a lot of really fabulous books, often featuring male male and male Mm. romances, um, often with a historical setting. Um, Another author who might um, just scratch that Bridgerton bag, or possibly Mm -hmm. even, it's a little bit further actually into the centuries, (laughs) is the author K.J. Charles. Now, KJ Charles has a lot of different series you could try, but um, I recommend starting with the Will Darling Adventures series. This is um, a male-male romance trilogy set in the 1920s, and it's written in the spirit of the golden age of pulp fiction. The first book in the series is called Slippery Creatures. I'm in the queue for this one um, because (laughs) the description really appealed. It's set in a secondhand bookshop, and it's got a bit of a spy angle. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of an adventure. Yes, a bit of an adventure. That's right. So it sounds really appealing. Um, Will Darling has come back from the Great War. He's inherited his uncle's secondhand bookshop. And then he gets some strange visitors starting to make threats against Mm. him. He um he only the only person he has to turn to is Lord Kim Secretan, who is charming, cultured and oddly attractive. Mm, so together course. they're working <laughs> yeah. together to try and solve the mystery. Yeah. Now jumping from the historical into the present day, I recently read um, Kosoko Jackson's "I'm So Not o- um, I'm So Not Over You," which was published in 2022. Uh, Kosoko Jackson usually was writing in um, young adult. Um, books but he has jumped into um, adult romances Um, I read this one over the holiday it was very fun it's a combo of a fake boyfriend story and a second chance romance 
So the two characters we have, Kian, who's an aspiring journalist. He's got a lot of college debt and he's hustling to get his first big break in um, journalism. Now, Hudson Rivers is Kian's ex-boyfriend and he is the son of a Georgia alcohol baron, baron whose business is worth absolutely billions. So you've got sort of a middle class guy, you've yes. got a super, super rich um, um, ex-boyfriend. Now, when the rich ex-boyfriend asks Kian to pretend to his family that they have actually never broken up um, so that he can come and be his plus one at his sister's huge society wedding in Georgia, um, he, Kian is not really looking to get into this, but then he gets given the promise that he will be introduced to a number of different media, you know, heads of media and digital mm -hmm. web, you know, uh, news sites and all sorts of things. So he decides that he's going to go for it. And then you get the pretty woman kind of vibes coming in where he gets taken on shopping trips to, oh. to get outfits for the wedding and for all the various, you know, functions that are associated with the wedding. He gets given tickets to go on private jets to show up for the rehearsal dinners oh, wow. and all the kind of like meet and greet stuff beforehand. And um, of course, there's a lot of sexual tension because they did used to be partners and they have to act loved up in public, but of course is threatening to, to um, turn into a private affair again. Always like fake relationship tropes. Yeah, you like yes. that. It's always yes, fun. I think you'll enjoy this one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Add it to my other long, long list. Your long list. Yeah. <laughs> well, another one we could, uh, another author we could recommend is uh, the author Alexandria Belle-Lefleur. This writer has um, is responsible for the Written in the Stars series. Mm. So there are four uh, so far in the series, mm. and they all star um, bisexual lead characters. That's right. And I misread that. Inika wrote that out for me to say all star, and I was, I was really thinking, thinking too. It's an all star. Yes, what's an all star bisexual lead character? <laughs> but it's they all star. They, they all star. All star. I'm okay. sure they are stars. Also. In their own right. In their own <laughs> yeah. And they're all stars as well. <laughs> but look, getting back to big, huge weddings, mm. um, one I'd like to jump to now is um, from the author Ashley Herring Blake, who is a wonderful author. And this one was called Delilah Green Doesn't Care. And so um, this was published 2022. I really enjoyed this. Mm. It's a, a frothy rom-com with characters from the entire rainbow of life experience. And the action centred around an upcoming society wedding in small-town mm. America. So we have a 30-something bride-to-be, Astrid, mm -hmm. who is shallow, very shallow, but quite rich. Um, <laughs> she guilt trips her estranged stepsister, Delilah, into coming down from New York where she lives and works as a struggling artist. And um, she's wanting Delilah to photograph the entire train wreck of the marriage. <laughs> okay. The deal is going to be sweetened or, or poisoned, depending on how you look at it, with a, a big six-figure check. Oh. So Delilah, who just happens to be queer, very quirky and very hot, <laughs> swore that she would never set foot into her old small-town Bright Falls yeah. again after having had such an un unhappy upbringing there mm. and because the New York scene is totally her jam these days <laughs> but this large wad of cash from her stepsister and tormentor Astrid <laughs> seals the deal because um, living in New York as we know is very expensive mm. 
So Jelila plans to breeze into the small town and, and spend the bare minimum amount of time with the crew, yep. document the whole shenanigan, <laughs> and then get the hell out as quickly as she can. But then she meets one of the bridesmaids, Claire, who just happens to run the local bookstore. And things begin to get quite complicated. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's really good. But look, it's full of tropes, mm. um, but they are presented in quite a refreshing way. Mm. Um, Claire and Delilah are initially quite irritated by each other. But as the gauntlet of wedding preparation grinds on, they, they gradually find that there is a, a smouldering attraction forming between them. So we do end up in this kind of will-they-won't-they kind of scenario. And the book asks, you know, it's that age-old question about romance. What do you do when you are comfortably single yet lonely Mm -hmm. and you meet someone who could be the one? Mm -hmm. Do you risk everything, throw caution to the wind and and get your glasses steamed up? (laughs) Or do you stay where you are? Um, you know, if, do you take the safe path? What do you do? So, look, this is a really clever comedy about taking chances, and it was a fun mm. read. Mm. Well, by the way, is this the one, like, that's the purple book, isn't it? Yes, it's the purple, okay. purple cover. Purple okay. cover. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. porch well, scene to two lovely ladies. Cover, book cover. Yeah. Yeah, and look, it has very broad appeal, and it's one that, if you liked Casey McQuiston's mm. rewrite, Red, white, and royal blue, or the any of the Emily Henrys, you you will like this one. Yeah. Mm, well, look, this has been so good. <laughs> what I can say is, love is love, and um, love is, is certainly in the air. <laughs> I've I've really loved the diversity of the stories that we've talked about today, and and the way that reading romance can provide an escape from everyday struggles. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So look, <laughs> we'll get you to tune in next time for a look at the evolution of romance, mm-hmm. including a look at Book Talk and, of course, the great Colleen Colin Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't forget to check out our ebook collections because we have so many wonderful lists and, up there. And right don't now. forget also the audiobooks. We and do have it oh, in the audiobooks audio. formats. And sometimes it can get very steamy in audiobooks. I bet it can. Yes. Format, yes. <laughs> And also, like, feel free to ask the, our friendly library staff for further recommendations or suggestions. Mm. And also, always remember, don't be shy because discretion is our middle name. So it whatever sure rocks is. the boat. So yeah. Yes. Love and it. what um, goes down in the library stays in the library. This yes. is true. Yes. Um, look, thank you so much today for being here with us today. It's oh, been gosh. an absolute delight having you here. Oh gosh, thank you so much for having me. I had actually so much fun. <laughs> I'm oh, so well. glad. So you'll come back and join us next time? Definitely. Okay. We'll look forward to seeing you again. And to our listeners, happy reading and haere ra. This program was brought to you by Auckland Council Libraries. Ngā pātaka kōrero o tāmaki makauru. Find us at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz Contact us by sending an email to reading at aucklandcouncil.govt.nz